Hello and welcome to The Yarn, a podcast celebrating everything about the wool industry from Australian Wool Innovation. My name's Marius Cumming and a little later we'll hear from someone central to business at AWI. Um, You've probably never heard from him but uh, you have possibly, quite possibly, read his material. Look, it's a rare insight into the R&D and marketing company in a few minutes time. But right now across Australia, seasonal conditions are very dry indeed for many wool growers and it's important to note that AWI has a lot of resources for feeding sheep through such dry times. Now they can be, these can be found at wool.com and also via the AWI helpline. That number is 1800 070099 and of course support is also available through AWI extension networks in every state. Now, the new general manager for research at AWI has arrived, and she is a very familiar face. Dr. Jane Littlejohn left AWI back in 2013, so it's wonderful to see her back. Jane says the platform has now been laid for a lot of exciting new work across AWI in the area of research. I do think that we have more space to to build upon our credibility for marketing claims. I think that we need to, the environmental space, we've got the chance to sell ourselves better with some evidence with, and again, that comes through, certainly on the dog side, there's a whole lot of opportunities for environmental credentials there. The animal health side, obviously, I'm very interested in, but I need to check myself so I don't get too involved, because that's, you know, I do have program managers that are also experts in that. So I need to obviously look at the the genomic advancements of um, research into the fly genome because that provides some opportunities and I know that there's some discussions being held at the moment where's the next investment um, stemming from knowing what the DNA of the fly is so that's always exciting. We've got this wonderful Merino Lifetime Productivity Project and all of the extra use of those that flock and the progeny of that flock, certainly of the weathers that's um, going to collect an enormous amount of information and it's going to be a resource for potential analyses into the future long after the the flocks sort of the project's been finished there's a huge bank of data that can be mined for more and more information over time so that's a wonderful resource for the wool industry well into the future. While you're away you were very much involved with the control of wild dogs what's it like to to be back at AWI and having to step back a little bit from from that um, that issue, but still having oversight of that issue. Well, I can easily step back because our investment in coordinators is the centrepiece of everything that happens, either down to on ground or up into policy areas. They are the grease in the machine. They interpret the best practice advice. They are almost also a um, you know a counsellor on the phone to people. They get people working together they are they are such a conduit for information for for collaboration as you know we invest really heavily across the country in coordinators so um, our wild dog investment is very well very much in good hands and with our program manager here as well Ian Evans Evans, yes he's he's been around longer than me at at AWI so, Jane, just in terms of uh, not, not just uh, dogs but any issue at all, you said you want to hear from wool growers. What's the best way for them to, to contact you? Ring AWI. Just ring AWI and if I can't talk to you then, I'll call you back. I love talking to growers.
I used to be a vet and I had worked in you know dogs and cats and then I got into the large animal production and I felt it was so much more satisfying because everything I did made a real difference to people's all their life, their business, their personal life, rather than just a dog that, you know, that's just your, your personal life. So I get a lot of reward from making a difference to people's business, businesses and all aspects of their life. So very happy to talk to anybody about their ideas. Maybe we won't always, you know, take follow those ideas through, but talking to people generally makes me think of 10 other things that I could do and I might take one aspect of what they're saying and build something upon that. So I um, really want to hear about problems and about solutions and very happy to help wherever I can. Well, thank you very much for your time, Jane, and thank you very much for returning. It's great to have you back. Pleasure to be here. AWI's Peter Slacksmith here at Bendigo Sheep and Wolf Show with Pavan from Opal Merino. Hi Pavan, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thanks Peter. That's good. Pavan, I've just um, I've just discovered your garments here, your beautiful shawls and your beautiful scarves made out of um, Australian merino wool. Yes, Can you tell you. me the sort of reaction you've had from um, people who've been walking past in the growers? Oh, look, it's amazing. It's a wide range of responses that I get. People normally don't believe the wool can be so fine. I'm using mostly 16 micron fine wool, and most of my wool is out of Goulburn, New South Wales. People look at the product and they think I'm carrying cotton or silk, and, and that's one of the beauties of Australian wool. It can be grown into such fine, fine quality um, scarves and wraps, which is what I basically design. Pavan, I, n- I noticed that you're actually a Woolmark licensee. Why did you do that, or what do you, what does the custom, what does that mean to the customer in your mind? Look, um, having been in the wool industry for so long, um, and came across the wool a campaign for wool a few many years back, which I thought would be a great way to to promote support and endorse the wool uh, the wool that I'm carrying and the Australian especially Australian merino wool um, is something that's really lifted and and has been appreciated by the customers sometimes it's funny you know Peter I, I see the wool growers and and farmers standing afar looking at at the wool mark and and the and the sign that I have the campaign for wool and they'll come and the men especially they'll come straight up to the to the to the product and have a quick feel and I quickly say that them hey look it's 16 micron or 18 or 20 microns that I'm carrying. Avan, I've got to say it's actually really interesting and maybe I'm a little bit biased too and it sounds like you're a little bit um, biased towards wool but there's some stands here with alpaca and mohair and cashmere and I've got to say I'm walking straight past but other people are too so what you've just sort of said about people seeing the Woolmark logo and seeing the wool and I've just actually seen you sort of you know say g'day mate and call some people in and obviously the growers really appreciate seeing their garments or seeing their fibre in this sort of a um, end product. Yes indeed indeed look um, a lot of people come up and tell me their stories and where they're from, uh, what sort of quality of uh, and micron of wool they're carrying. Um, so no, it's a, it's a great way to meet new people, uh, especially the growers, um, and the appreciation that I get is just fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I wish I wish there was more of it. In fact, yeah. yeah. Well, we are the biggest producer of wool in the world, the yes. apparel wool. So yes, so Opal Merino. It's it's very Australian name. Both Opal and Merino obviously is is both associated with Australia. So you're exporting overseas as well. 
Um, every now and then, yes, um, I do have small orders that come through and uh, yes, I know it's so iconic, isn't it? Mm. Opal Merino. It, in fact, it was one of my journeys of design that I had in my mind as a concept to come up with colours of the opal and, and print them onto the Australian wall uh, as a scarf and wrap again. Um, here I was thinking to myself, hang on, that, that's a great company name, so and I secured it, Opal Merino. Well, well done, and I've got to say these are beautiful bright colours here and um, they basically will go with any garment that you're actually wearing, whether it's dark sort of neutrals or some bright colours like the scarf that I've just bought from you. So I'm going to think of you when I'm wearing it. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks for your support. You're listening to The Yarn, Australian Wool Innovations podcast, and today we're hearing from a man who wool growers have heard from in a sense but they've probably never met and but they certainly read a lot of uh, what he has to write and he's a very significant person at Australian Wool Innovation. Jim Storey is the Australian Wool Innovation Company Secretary. Hello Jim. Hello Maris, thanks very much. I appreciate those kind words. Well uh, you are at the core of a lot of what Australian Wool Innovation is about in a structural sense What is the structure of Australian wool innovation in a corporate sense? AWI is literally a uh, public unlisted company under the Corporations Act. It is also uh, governed under its enabling legislation from when it commenced in uh, 2000. Uh, That's the Wool Services Privatisation Act. Uh, It is also uh, overseen by requirements in its funding agreement with the federal government that relates to research and development funding for the entity. So how is AWI governed in that sense? What underpins it? As a public unlisted company, it's set up with a board and with shareholders. Uh, The directors have direct responsibility to shareholders. They have fiduciary duty to act in the best interests of shareholders in their decisioning. They are subject to uh, election at regular intervals uh, in a similar way to what listed companies do, actually. Every third election cycle, they, they must come up for rotation uh, and re-election if they re-nominate at that time. How does that sit with a lot of equivalent organisations? Um, and, well, is that best practice, I suppose? Yes. We are required as a company to adopt the corporate governance principles applicable to listed companies to the extent that they're applicable to an entity like AWI, uh, and we uh, do act in accordance with those principles. So how did this come about? came about in the way the entity was set up uh, initially, as I understand it. Um, I've only been here since 2012, but nevertheless, uh, the structure adopted uh, was uh, for that to be the case and for the entity to adopt uh, suitable governance standards. The entity um, has, uh, as I say, a formal uh, relationship between uh, directors and shareholders through uh, direct elections. They're free and open elections. Anyone can nominate to be a director of AWI. Uh, They must uh, obtain the 100 supporting signatures if they're uh, external nominees, not a retiring board member, that's actually a protection for the company uh, for that to be the case. But apart from that, uh, anyone can nominate. Anyone can nominate to stand directly 
for the board, but as part of that, I understand there is a skills um, audit or a, a nomination um, of uh, a nomination committee that goes through skills as part of that? There is. Uh, that arises from uh, one of the governance requirements that applies to listed companies and also applies to us to uh, seek to have appropriate skills on the board. In our case, there are a number of uh, skills set out in the funding agreement that uh, the board uh, should seek to have uh, on the board. Uh, and that's a repetitive process. Uh, boards are all the time trying to add to the expertise on their board from time to time. Specifically in relation to the nomination committee of the board, that was uh, a creation required by uh, the funding agreement uh, with the government. That committee has a function to not rate candidates, but to uh, investigate the uh, candidates and comment by way of report to uh, shareholders on the skills that persons nominating for the board have compared to the skills that are already there on the board. AWI's practice is then to append uh, the report from that committee uh, to the notice of meeting for the annual general meeting and it's intended to be an assistance to shareholders in arriving at their decision. Company Secretary for Australian Wool Innovation, Jim Storey there. And thank you again for joining The Yarn. Keep those ideas coming in at theyarn at wool.com. And from me, Marius Cumming, I look forward to speaking with you again soon.